Amen. Well, let's pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank you for today as we celebrate you. I just pray today, God, as we get into the Word, that, Lord, you would make it alive. Mm. Say, Lord, make it alive. Renew my mind to your word in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Everybody take a deep breath. Does anybody remember what I uh, preached on last week? What was it about? What was it about? Love, marinating in love, marinating in love. All right. Well, I am going to continue part two. It's really part three. Uh, I titled the message, Understanding Love. How many want to understand love better? How many, how many want to love better? Love people better? And love the unlovable better? Like I shared several weeks ago, there are certain people like Sweet Alger that's just so easy to love. My wife, she is one that's easy to love. And then there are those like me that are difficult to love. No, I'm just kidding. There are others that are more difficult to love. Can I have a witness on that? And our love is really tested in how we love those that are not real easy to love. But I'm praying today as we get into the Word, I'm going to just recap a little bit of what we talked about last week. Even communion today is about it. But I'm going to recap just briefly, and then we're going to launch into really taking the Word and making it applicable to our lives, because when we're talking about how the Lord loves us and the revelation that He's wanting to get, I hope and pray that you studied some of those scriptures. We gave you some homework last week about some scriptures to begin to really meditate on, to begin to really digest inside you, to get this revelation, because if you don't get the revelation that God is love, and that he keeps no record of wrong, you'll never be able to move into what I'm going to talk about today. You'll never get there without this revelation. And even Mike began to sing that Jesus, he is the revelation, and we have to get a revelation of him and how he loves us before we're ever going to be able to move into phase two. So do you feel like you're getting a revelation of how much the Lord loves you? You feel like you're starting to get that marinating in that because we talked about last week out of 1 Corinthians 13 as God is love and then we broke that scripture down and we, we focused in on the part of 1 Corinthians 13, I believe it's verse 6, that says that, that love keeps no record of wrong. Okay, so last week we talked about, wow, that God really... He, he, he is love, and he, yes, he's patient, yes, he's kind, he's not self-seeking, he keeps no record of wrongs. So today, say that with me, God keeps no record of wrongs. Do you believe that? Do you really believe that? Because that's what we went over all last week, and I didn't go any further. We stayed right there, and we just started talking about Scripture after Scripture after Scripture, of how God does not keep record of wrong. And everybody was hooting and hollering. You guys were excited about the word last week when we get this revelation that God does not keep record of wrong. We talked about Isaiah 43, 25. He remembers your sins no more. Anybody glad about that? Amen. Another passage was Hebrews 8, 12. He will remember your sins no more. In the Hebrew, or that's, that's Greek right there. That's, yeah, we were in 
Hebrew, so that would be Greek. In the Greek, no more means no more. <laughs> we also read Psalms 103, verse 12. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgressions from us. <laughs> is anybody glad about that? Do you really believe that God keeps no record of wrong? How and why do we beat up ourselves all the time about how we mess up? If that truth is really deep inside of us. The Bible says that if you confess your sins <laughs> to him, he is faithful to what? Forgive and remove them. Not just cover, but remove, right? And so for the last several weeks, we've been soaking in this truth because we really, I don't, and I, I see I'm growing, and I was tested this week big time in love. All of you had family gatherings. Was anybody tested in your Thanksgiving gatherings on loving? Come on, do I have a witness? Wow, some of you are really tested. I don't, I, I believe we're getting something. I believe the Spirit of God is cooperating with us because three weeks or four weeks ago when I first taught the first message on understanding love, it was week one, we were at Los Amigos and we were sitting in Los Amigos and I heard this table over here talking at another, from another church and they were talking about the preacher. And I was so interested in what they were saying. <laughs> and this is what they said. They didn't say anything bad about him. But they, were, he, they said, yeah, he was talking about love. And 1 Corinthians 13, I was going, hey, wait a minute. Are you talking about me? Were you at my church? And they were talking about, in another congregation somewhere else, about 1 Corinthians 13 and love. Kate and Gary were at Foursquare last week because of some family things, or I can't remember what it was, and uh, they were talking about love there. Isn't that what you said, or was it First Baptist? Foursquare. They were talking about love. I was watching uh, some Christian TV the other day. Guess what they were talking about? I think we might be on to something, church. There is something the Spirit of God is wanting to get inside of us, and I'm excited about it. Because I'm very immature in my ability to love. And you are very immature in your ability to love. And so we're going somewhere and we're plugged into the Spirit of God and we're saying, okay, God, you've got my attention. Does God have your attention? Because he's trying to get us all our attention, and he's really wanting us to plug into that. That's why I, I want us to really take this, this journey of just not hearing a message, Eric, Eric up here uh, being the talking mouth, but that we really begin to apply the word of the living God to our hearts and to begin to apply it so that we become different. Amen? And so are you with me? Are you ready? Okay, so we talked last week that God keeps no record of wrong. We talked about all these scriptures. We, we just kind of let them soak into us last week. 
We allowed the Word of God just to kind of penetrate our thick skulls, and we started believing, and the Spirit of God cooperated with us. I heard many of you testify, wow, I needed that. Wow, that was good. Ooh, God did something inside of me. And now I want to take it further, all right? Because we talked even last week uh, about how the whole, the, the law is, the whole law is summed up in this command to love God and to love each other. That if we get this part down, if we get this part down, we will fulfill the law, is what the Word of God says. How about you want to fulfill God's law? It's more than about the Ten Commandments. Amen? So we're going to jump on a journey, and I'm going to take it a little further today, and we're going to see where God takes us. And I just want you to know that God is not going to keep a record of your wrong today, okay? God chooses to remove your sins and to remember them no more, and we're going to move beyond that. Amen? Anybody glad that he's not keeping inventory? Anybody glad he's not keeping inventory? Brandon, I bet you're glad he's not keeping inventory, aren't you, buddy? Oh, yeah. yeah. Amen. All right, so the Bible talks about even in Psalms 103, if he did, who could stand? Really, if God kept a record of our our sin, who who could even stand? So we're going to start today in Matthew, if we could start the PowerPoint, please. We're going to start in Matthew 22. I'm going to reemphasize a few things and then move on. Matthew 22:38. The experts in the law, the Pharisees, were talking some smack with Jesus. And they asked Jesus, "What is the greatest commandment?" What it was, and he said, "To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind." And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. And I've got this part that underlined that I want us all get to get. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands. Okay? We're going to go to the second scripture. Just remember that. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commands of what? Loving God and loving each other. Are you with me? Okay? Then Romans 13 backs it up as well in verses 8 through 10. Let no debt remain outstanding except the continuing debt to what? Love one another. For he who loves his fellow man, what's it say? Has fulfilled the law. Everybody say, has fulfilled the law. So if you love one another, you fulfill the law of Christ. The commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal. That's the law. Do not covet. And whatever other commandment there may be are all summed up in this one rule. Love your neighbor as yourself. Love does no harm to his neighbor. Therefore, love is what? Love is the fulfillment of the law. So the law we know was, again, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not covet, and what other other commandment there may be. But when we love well, we don't covet. When we love well, we don't take another man's wife. When we love well, we don't steal. When we love well, we don't hurt other people. When we love well, we don't do things to people that we don't want to be done to us. When we love well, we're not harsh. When we love well, we don't judge. When we, don't, when we love well, we don't keep other people's wrongs. We don't keep inventory. Okay, you guys still with me there? 
Okay. So we'll go to the next one. John 13, 34 says, A new command I give you, love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, all men will know that you are my disciples, if, if you love one another. Now, I want to break this passage down. We're going to stay here for just a few minutes. Now, you've got to remember what was going on when Jesus said this scripture. He had just washed the disciples' feet. He had just had the Last Supper with them. He had just, um, um, he had just kissed Judas, and uh, Judas had just left to go betray Christ, and Jesus was just getting ready to go to the cross, okay? And Jesus says, a new command I give you. Love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this love, all men will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Now, can I ask you, what is new about that command? That was in the law. In Leviticus 18, 19, or 19, 18, I can't remember which one it is, that is already written down to love your neighbor. So what do you think was new about this commandment that Jesus was giving them? I'm going to make you think for a few minutes. Jesus is telling his disciples, the 12 of them, when there's now 11, and he's telling them, guys, I want you to love one another. Guys, I need you. As I have loved you, I want you to now love each other just the way I have loved you. Because if you will do this, all, everybody else, will know that you're my disciples if you have love for one another. So what's new about this command? Anybody have any ideas? Let me ask you this. What were the Jews known for in Jesus' time? They were known for keeping the law. And how did they keep the law? What were they also known for? Judging others. But how did you know that you were a Jew? I talked to my kids about this yesterday. I started pulling out. Were Jews known to be Jews? How did you know they were a Jew? What did they look like? The way they dressed. They had the phylacteries. They had the curls in their hair. They had a covering. They had these robes. It was known. You knew if you were a Jew by what you looked like. I tried to pull up pictures so that I could show you pictures of long ago of what Jews looked like. Today, what does a Jew wear? If they celebrate any festival, you can go online and look. Every festival they celebrate, they are dressed to the hilt, and they have all these curls in their hair. These men look like girls. And I'm not putting down Jews. I love the Jews. Amen. Thank God for the Jewish people. But they were known by what they wore and the rituals and the rites that they performed. They were known by the outward appearance. But they were not known 
for the inside. And Jesus came to him and said, the cup is dirty. And you're worried about the outside of the cup, but he said, I'm worried about the inside. First clean the inside of the cup, and the outward will be clean. Now, we're going to go somewhere with this. Now what Jesus is saying, I'm giving you a new command, not the rules, the regulations of the law, and what you wear and what you look like. But now the badge that you're going to be known for, now the, the, what you're going to be known for is love. You're going to be known not by what you look like on the outside. You are going to be known by what is on the inside, that you carry a love inside of you that is addictive. And they will know that you're my disciples by that and not by what you wear. Is that exciting, anybody? Because I don't think we're known like that yet. I don't think people say, oh gosh, that, those people at New Covenant, they are love nuts. I don't think the world's saying about the body of Christ today that, wow, they're just a bunch of people that love. Now, we have seasons and we have occasions. I, can, I know every time we do a funeral dinner, it's like, and we, do, we, we, we minister to a family, and many of them are lost, many of them do not, do not know Christ, and we come and we bring them in our house and we bless them with a meal. They're going, oh man, these people really love. And it ministers to them, and many of the family even get changed because it's an occasional loving. <laughs> really, aren't we occasional lovers? But Jesus is saying, this new command I'm giving you, you're going to be known by your love for one another. How many want to be known for the, the love? I told you several weeks ago, when I die, I want, it to be, I want to be known for love. Now I want to ask you, how did Jesus love? Because what he's saying is, as I have loved you, now I'm wanting you to multiply that, and I'm wanting you to give what I've given you. That's why I said earlier, if you don't really understand how much God loves you and how he doesn't keep record of wrong and what love really is, you'll never, ever export it, and you'll never do this point right here. You'll never love others the way he loves you if you don't have a revelation of how he really sees you. You cannot export what you have not imported. I'm going to say it again. You cannot export something you have not imported. If you do not realize and you've not received Christ's love, you've not, even what Alger was sharing during communion, I am a son. I am loved. I mean, these things that he was talking about, those are revelations of how God loves this man. And we all see it. We all see how much God loves him. We all see he's a powerful man of God. Do I have a witness? But it has to get downloaded inside of us. So, Jesus says, as I have loved you, now you must love one another. He now calls on us to imitate him. And this is where I'm wanting to go today. How many want to be imitators? And Jesus, he loved us in such a way as he laid his life down. He laid his life down. Anybody excited about that? 
Okay, so now we must take this further, and this is where we're going to go today. No longer is it good enough to know that God keeps no record of wrongs. No longer is it good enough to stay there. <laughs> but what you and I have, free, have re freely received for ourselves, we are now called on and must imitate that same love and now start giving it away. <laughs> so, this kind of love we must start giving to each other, our families, our friends, our church friends. Hello? As we have been loved, we must now start loving. Because we're flunking loving. It's awful quiet in here. Now, as you know, we were all with family this weekend, right? Family, close friends, right? Now, I'm going to bring some application to this. Because I was hit with this same message. And as I've been meditating on every relationship I come in contact with, I've been filtering through 1 Corinthians 13. And I'm saying, God, what does love look like? How am I to carry my heart? Well, I had someone in the family close, someone close, ask for money. Ask for help. I'm going, God keeps no record of wrongs. <laughs> That's what I said. <sighs> now the application of God's word, guys. Because smokes, uh, spending money foolishly, um, wasting money, um, not on a budget. Um, I can go down the list that's as long as King Kong of where that money might go if I help. Do I have a witness? I was going, God, you keep no record of wrong, but I do have an inventory. <sighs> Practice what you preach, preacher. Oh, God, no way. You've got to be kidding me. Does anybody have inventory in any family members in your house? We don't get what our sins deserve. What? I can justify why not to give them money all day long. Can I have a witness? But Lord, but Lord, but Lord. Y'all got family member like that, right? Y'all have people in your life like that. How do we bring love of Christ to that situation and how do I love them even though I know all their past I don't know <laughs> church is over let's go 
I'm hoping to give you some truth today, okay? <laughs> Part two, okay, Tom, tap out. Come on, Tom, help me. No. <laughs> because I know love is not always soft. I know love is not always you get everything that you want. I know God disciplines those he loves. Hebrews 12:11 says, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. In time, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. And so now the war begins to go. Here's what I had to do. I had to put off all the wrongs. I had to set all the wrongs in their life. And I had to let go of it. All the money I've ever spent, all the money I've ever given, all the money that was never repaid, I could not hear what love it was until I did this and sat this record of wrongs over here. I had to get from the flesh bucket, and I had to put that in the flesh, and I had to draw from the Spirit of God bucket, my spirit man, and I had to go praying and saying, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Ah, you're making me, Jesus, I love you, you're making me get a revelation of love that goes beyond the record of wrongs. Because I still do not understand your love. That's hard to understand. That's hard to get a revelation. And so what God did to you guys all this week as well as me, if you were looking, he was giving you example after example, situation after situation, to get you to pass a love test. To get you to give what you have received. He'll give you an opportunity to give what you have received from him. And here's what we do. Because we have a perception of God as, buddy, pull your bootstraps up and do it yourself. That we think God is this God that's ready to beat us with a two-by-four. And because we think there's no grace <clears throat> and there's, there, there, he's just fed up, he's tired of it. You guys are just, <clears throat> I've given you enough rope and you've hung yourself. Because our perception of who he is is so twisted and so wrong, we then imitate it and give the wrong stuff away. Oh, that's good preaching, Eric. I'll preach myself happy. Now, I am I'm growing in this as well. And God used that situation to begin to do something in my heart on this message that God keeps no record of wrong. And as he has given it to me, I have got to now give it to somebody else. As you have been loved, love. You ready for another scripture? Lord, put this inside of us. This is love. Not that we loved God. Not that we loved Him. This is love. Not that we loved Him, but that He loved us. But that He loved us. 
but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to say ought. <laughs> we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Okay, close your eyes, God. Let's just get some truth. Everybody just close your eyes. I'm going to read this to you. Close your eyes. Let's go. This is love. Not that we loved God, but that he loved us and sent his son as an atoning sacrifice for our sins. Dear friends, since God so loved us, we ought to love one another. No one has ever seen God, but if we love one another, God lives in us and his love is made complete in us. Father, would you bless the reading of your holy word? Would you download this revelation in our hearts. A couple points that I want to make about this scripture. Point number one, it says, not that we loved God. Love is this thing where it's not love if I have to perform well. It's that in me not performing well, he loved. While we were yet, what? Sinners, Christ died for us. And here's what we do is because people do not deserve to be loved because of their performance and what they've done, we then withdraw love. We refuse to love. We turn our love off. And we refuse to love. Now, how did God himself through Christ do that? Did he turn his love off when we... Come Holy Spirit. How did he love? That yet while we were sinning, He loved us. And if we're to reflect that love, it, and I said this several weeks ago, your love is not going to be perfected in easy relationships. Your love is not going to be perfected in loving Leela. She is so stinking easy to love. Grandma Leela is easy to love. Can I have a witness on that? She oozes and goozes. Love. I love you, Leela. You're a blessing to me. Your love is not going to be perfected in those kind of relationships, even though we need to love her and we need to do all that we can to love her. Because she's lonely out there, out in that middle of nowheresville. She needs relationships. She needs people. But it's the guy that didn't pay me back. It's the guy that didn't finish the contract. It's the guy that lied and took off. It's your brother, sister, family member. 
That's where your love's going to be perfected. Because Jesus did it that way. It, he, didn't, he, he loved us while we were performing very poorly. Can I have an amen on that? Talk to me. Talk to me. I know. I'm weird. I need to have people talk to me. So you are to love even when people do not love you. Just like he did. Husband to wives, well, if you knew what you, my husband was doing, I can't give him love. What was given to you? We have to begin to be imitators of Christ. They don't deserve it. Yep, they're performing poorly. Yep, yep, I hear it. Love. No way. Somebody got to get off the crazy cycle. The kids at school making fun of me. Huh? What are you talking about? Love them? Pray for them? Pray for those who despitefully use you? Huh? No way. I'm hijacking getting out of here. No, teenagers? Love. Love those who despitefully use you. Learn it. Oh, no, no, my flesh says return evil for evil. Well, that's what the world's doing. Is that working? I think our culture's in a real mess right now because of that principle. It doesn't work. I can testify, my son Joel, it worked in seventh grade, didn't it, buddy? Pray for those who despitefully use. You had two guys were, man, they were bullying him. What do we do? We start praying for them. What do we do? We start blessing them. How long, Joel? Two weeks, maybe? Maybe two weeks, all the bullying stopped. Start loving them. Start giving. Start speaking positive things to them. God bless them. Pray for their salvation. Reveal yourself to them. How about church members? That'll make you manifest. <laughs> oh, I know. I, I, I'm sure there's some people that are fiery mad at certain people. Did you know this one did that? They're not loving me well. Yeah, they're probably not loving you well. So give what you need. Give love. Even when people don't perform well, God keeps no record of wrong. If we get it from him, we got to give it away. But you'll never give it away if you really don't believe and have a revelation that he keeps no record of wrong. Because that's really where I want to take this message today. It's already 12. I'm going to hijack it back. Because when it all boils down to it, if I'm just, I'm just con concentrating on one attribute of love that God keeps no record of wrong. Just one. Just one. And we need to have love in 1 Corinthians 13. We have to have it, we have to have it tattooed on our left butt cheek. <laughs> and our right forearm. I'm not promoting tattoos. Calm down, everybody. It probably needs to be on our arm. I can see that. Because if I put it back here, you might, you're, you're the only one that's going to see it. Oh, boy. We, we're really losing it now. 
Yeah, we need to tattoo it on our hearts. Can I have an amen on that? Got your attention back, didn't I? Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm going to just read a couple scriptures to you. This is what love is, that we walk in obedience to his commands. As you have heard from the beginning, his command is that you walk in love. 1 John 3.11 says, this is the message you have heard from the beginning. You should love one another. Verses 14 through 20 in John chapter, or 1 John 3 says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love our brothers. Anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates his brother is a murderer. Anybody you hate today? The Bible is saying you're a murderer. Then it goes another step further, and this is what it says. And this is New Testament, 1 John 3. And no murderer has eternal life with him. Whoa, that'll smack you on the hand. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers. If anyone has material possessions and sees his brother in need but has no pity on him, how can the love of God be in him? Dear children, listen to me, he says. Let us not love with words or tongue, not with mouth service. Is there anything I can do for you? Oh, just let me know. No, just go ahead and do it. It says love with actions and truth. This then is how we know that we belong to the truth and how we set our hearts at rest in his presence. (laughs) Wow, that's good stuff. Probably ought to write that down. 1 John 3, 14 through 20. Wow. This is how Jesus loves us. And what you have received for yourself, you must now start giving it away to others. So, if I go back to the record of wrongs, I want to ask you, how are you doing with others in keeping record of wrongs? Holy Spirit, come. (laughs) No liars in the house of God. Seriously, close your eyes for just a second. How are you really doing at keeping record of wrongs? Just one attribute of love. Are you critical? Are you holding judges, judgment? Holding grudges, I mean? Are you keeping record of everyone's wrongs? You see, I had an inventory sheet of the family member. I had an inventory sheet, and you have inventory sheets with people in this church, with your family members, with people in your work, and the tally sheet is pretty doggone long. Do I have a witness? I had to let go of my inventory sheet. And I had to start giving what I had received from Christ. When the Bible says in 1 Corinthians 13 that God keeps no record of wrong, I had to put my name in there and say, Eric is going to keep no record of wrong. I gave you a piece of paper in the bulletin today on 1 Corinthians 13. And it talks about how 1 Corinthians how 13, how God is this. But in your bulletin insert, you need to now start take this further. And you're going to have to take this, and you're going to have to put somebody else's name in there. 
It's going to be you that Eric is patient to this family member. Eric is keeping no record of wrongs of this family member. And I challenge you, this should be your homework. I know you got it last week and I didn't go over it. But this is really the practical application of this message. Because we all have inventory sheets. And here's what Proverbs 17, 9 says. It says, he who covers over an offense promotes love. (laughs) He who covers over an offense. Anybody ever been offended in here? He who covers over an offense promotes love. But whoever repeats it, mm -mm -mm, the matter separates close friends. There's been close friends in this church separated because of that. There's been close friends in school. There's been close friends separated because we didn't cover over an offense. We didn't let the offense go. Here's another one. Hatred stirs up dissension, but love covers over all wrongs. Everybody see that word, all? Anybody glad that Jesus' love has covered all of your wrongs? So how are you going to give that away? This is one of the most quoted scriptures out of 1 Peter. Above all, love each other deeply because love covers a multitude of sins. But usually people stop on that scripture with just that Jesus, his love covers a multitude of my sin. But most people don't take it further. If you would, just stand up with me and we're going to just allow the Holy Spirit to deal with our hearts for a few minutes before we leave today. Mm. If you don't mind, Chad and John, if you don't mind just putting on a little bit of music here, we're just going to allow the Spirit of God to deal with our hearts. You know, last week we allowed the Word of God to just begin to penetrate our hearts and we began to see that God truly does not keep record of our sins. There was a mighty move of God's presence. God dealt with our hearts. But how many are here really today where you're saying, man, I just can't do that. I cannot love that way. I've got somebody right now I'm thinking of, wow, to love that way. It may be even yourself, like Alger said, you need to love yourself as the Lord has loved you. Maybe it's going to be hard for you to put somebody's name in this little homework that I've given you. I am patient with John Doe. I am kind to John Doe. I do not envy John Doe. I do not boast about myself over this person. I keep no record of wrong of John Doe. Who has it been hard for you to love this week? How many records are you keeping? What kind of inventory sheet do you have? I think the Lord wants to let it go wants us to let it go today yeah you can call it forgiveness you can call it releasing them you know for me this week I really had to just say God I have wronged you so much 
over the course of my life. And what I truly deserve, what I truly deserve as a man is to be sentenced guilty. I've not budgeted well at times. I've not done everything right with my money. Who am I to judge them? And I had to realize that, Lord Jesus, you have not kept a record of my wrongs. I've forgotten my own. because I've received your forgiveness. I've received from you. My slate is clean. My slate, I am innocent. My slate is perfect. There is no shame between you and I, God, because of what Christ has done for me. I receive that, Lord. I see it, God. I thank you for it. And so then I had to go to the Lord and say, but Lord, I'm going to make a choice not to see their wrong. Just like you make a choice not to see mine. You could if you wanted to, Lord. You could look down the, 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 the analog, the, the process of time, and you could go back and you could look because you have the power, God. You have the power to look back on my past. And, oh, God, it's ugly. God, you know what's back there. You know what I've committed. You know the shame that was upon my life. But you chose through the blood of Christ to remove my stain, to remove the reproach of my sin, to forgive me for all that garbage that I was so stuck in. You pulled me out of that mire, God. You, you set me free. And so I'm going to choose, God, to give love away. I'm going to choose not to remember their mire. I'm, I'm going to choose not to remember all the stupid ways they spend their money. I want to choose to forgive. Because really what it boiled down to, I had unforgiveness in my heart towards them. And I said, yes. I will forgive. I will let go of the record of wrong. And I will choose to love this person. And I will choose to see this person the way you see them. Perfected because they love you. Born again, yes, they're born again. Immature, oh yes. (laughs) Full revelation, no. But neither do I. And in the same way that you have loved me, I'm going to love them, Lord. How about you guys? That's the process that I've went through this week. How about you? Anybody else flunked? Well, I say God's not going to keep a record of that wrong. And I say be forgiven and let it go. And now start loving differently. Start giving that away that has been given to you. Does this make sense? Holy Spirit, would you just begin to work on our hearts? Lord, I forgive my family members. (laughs) I forgive the people in the church that have hurt me. I forgive the people outside the church. 
I choose to get rid of my inventory <laughs> list. And I let it go. And I am thankful that you've let go of mine. And so I choose to let go of others in the powerful name. I realize this doesn't happen overnight. I've been worrying with this family member, this person, for several, several days in my mind. Not with them. They have no clue. They have no clue. And so some of you are going to war with this this week. You're going to have to remember I mean, James says it so well. He said, if you see your brother in sin, you who are spiritual, go help him to pull him out of it. But be careful in case you do the same thing. And really what he's saying is, hey, 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 whoa, 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 don't judge him. Go gently because you're capable of the same thing. I'm capable of spending money stupidly. Anybody else? Oh, yeah, it's Thanksgiving, man, Black Friday. Black Thursday now, unfortunately. Turning everything black, aren't they? But I encourage you to give it away. Holy Spirit, I just pray right now that every heart here today that, God, you would deal with each individual on the way they're giving their love away. Father, forgive us for giving our love away to our anger. Forgive us for giving our way, love away and refusing to give it. But, Father, as we enter the holiday season, Father, I pray that we would be a people that love well. That we would give away what you have given us. And Father, we thank you for your love that while we were yet sinners, you died for us. Father, would you seal this word? Father, I pray that this week would be a great week for people. That, Lord, these scriptures would come alive. That these scriptures we talked today, God, they would begin to marinate inside of us, creating this revelation of how you love. And so, Father, we thank you for it. And I just thank you for your anointing and your presence. As we leave today, God, many will go to restaurants. Many will go to families that are celebrating even Thanksgiving still. Father, help us to love our families well today. Help us to love the waitresses and the people. Help us to not make it about us and us getting served the way we want to get served. May we throw that away and serve other people today. Making other people first instead of ourselves. And Father, we thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, the altar ministry team is going to come up. If you are struggling, maybe you're still in turmoil on the inside with releasing someone or forgiving someone and you need extra prayer, or maybe you want prayer for that generational curse that we talked about earlier of mental illness, just please come forward and pray. 
And But guys, have a great week. Today is December 1st. Be blessed today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen.